Bingo boys back. All right. One of us went to Toronto. The other had a 58 hour work week. We skipped a week and now we'll give you the supersized jam packed episode of the bingo hall boys wrestling podcast. My name is Jake. Joining me is my co-host, Mitch. Mitch is uh, someone who's been to a bunch of AEW shows. I'm dying to know how your first Dynamite and Rampage shows went. How was the trip to Toronto? Man, it was fast. Like, it was a jam-packed trip. So my buddy who came with me has been like one of my best friends since high school. He'd never been to Toronto before. So, of course, the day one before Dynamite, he wanted to do the typical touristy things. So As you do. we started our at our hotel, made it down to the CN Tower and the aquarium and everything like that. Um, stumbled upon one of my favorite breweries for lunch. Um, the food was a little crappy, but we were eating on the waterfront, so that was nice. Um, nice. And then we stumbled upon this... Uh, like random free military, like historical military base that you could just tour. It was, it was awesome. Like it was back from, I think the buildings would have been built kind of early to mid 1800s, like post-war of 1812, but well pre-World War One, And it was, it was kind of cool. It was free too. So that was sweet. Um, nice. And we made it to Dynamite and that was unbelievably loud i am glad it came through on tv because we were a very hot crowd Um, yeah you guys were an amazing crowd all for the most part everything you'd expect in terms of crowd reactions was what you'd expect the people you expect to get cheered get cheered the ones you expected Mm -hmm. to get booed get booed jericho was obviously a baby face but his group as a whole were still heels you get that weird kind of canada heart foundation dynamic um I think the thing that surprised me most in terms of reactions was just how much heat QT can get working a dark show. Like he was oh, only yeah. on our dark tapings and my God, were we loud against oh, yeah. him. He is phenomenal at getting, getting heat in, in real time. So something he doesn't get enough credit for Thursday. Uh, so Wednesday, our seats were probably the best in terms of just like a viewing quality. We weren't on the floor or anything. We were just up in the stands. We had a full view of the entrance stage in the ring. So that's my favorite spot to be. Yeah, we could see basically everything. The only thing we couldn't see, like, and we had to watch on the monitors, would have been the uh, the table spot with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus because it was on the ring side, like towards the, the direct apron, opposite so we didn't side. Quite have the depth for that, but literally everything else we got good views of. There was no risk of people standing in front of us because the seats are staggered and the floor is yeah. down low. So. For for viewing quality, that was perfect. Thursday, we decided to spring, or I decided to spring, the Rampage tickets had fallen through the basement, and I was able to score some basically front row ones for, well, those and my original Rampage tickets were cheaper than the Dynamite tickets, so that'll tell you Ooh. something. Like, Not that the Dynamite tickets were insane, they were about... No, but like, that's... Yeah. I, know, I know the going rate of like AEW live shows the rampage only tapings are cheap yeah yeah because i normally do that for uh the all-out weekends where we'd go up to chicago which by the way like that 
I they're going to be doing it again in New Jersey, but it's like the idea of asking people to drive and do Dynamite Wednesday, Rampage Friday, and then a pay per view on Saturday or Sunday is that's a lot. So I I get it. You only did two out of the three, but dude, yeah. you'd be burnt by the end. I mean, I don't know if you could have burnt the Canadian crowd this time just because it was the first. You probably could have sent us for a week straight and we'd have survived. Sure. But the very next time, like once Canada becomes regular, that's going to be a big issue long term. But the, this first well, I think that's was... a thing we can talk about. Oh, I mean, we just touch on it really quick. I think that the more times a crowd has seen a show. So like every time AEW comes to town, it seems like there's it's less of a priority to go. Yeah. And I think the fans just kind of like do whatever they want and aren't as interested. Like, like if you guys had had that before mm-hmm. and I don't think you guys would have been cheering for jungle boy. That's all I'm saying. It was, hey, that was a split crowd. That was a very split crowd. I don't know if it came through across on TV. No, it, it was, did, but I'm saying, really but I'm 50, saying like 50. no one would be pulling for jungle. Oh boy. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the thing I don't like about wrestling uh, crowds as much it's just there's no reason to be dicks about it so you are probably the biggest fan of dark and dark elevation (laughs) that i've ever met (laughs) and so whenever i realized that you were going to two different tapings i'm like oh mitch is going to be in heaven it's going to be like all the women's wrestling Mm -hmm. you could handle and it's just going to be a bunch of tapings a bunch of stuff that you know only you might get um what what did you think of the presentation as far as tapings go live man so there's i have to jump back a little bit first to touch on what you laughed about things that only i would get so after after this didn't get shown anywhere after orange cassidy won his title and the show went off the air mm-hmm. he was doing his little speech and goes uh kind of said like hey i won this thing but i really don't like carrying things and immediately I knew where the spot was going. I've been waiting for, well, I guess, when was the triple threat with Pac and Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega? Like a year and a half ago now, probably? Uh, was that pandemic full gear? Um, I don't even think it was full gear. I think it was double or nothing, maybe, or all out. But No, it was double or nothing because that was the same show that had the stadium stampede. Yeah, because the first yeah. one was... Uh, was Brody, right? And then the second one was was the triple threat. Because they did two kind of pandemic. Right. Yeah. Right. So like a year and a half I've been waiting for this spot to get called back. And by God, they did it. Because I don't like carrying this thing. I'm gonna need something to carry it. So Chris Statlander comes out. They flew her all the way to Canada for a secret spot that nobody was gonna see. This didn't get That's posted awesome. on Twitter. She came out yeah. with the backpack for Orange Cassidy to carry the title in. He made it was a tweet he put out back before the triple threat. If I went and up carrying it in a backpack, I lost my shit. Nobody around me knew what the <laughs> hell. I was maybe one of five people in the entire building of 8,000 that popped for this moment. So that's awesome. As soon as you said that only I'm getting, I had to laugh because that was that moment. I lost my <laughs> shit, and everybody else, like, why is he losing it? It's like, you don't get it. But no, the way they handled the dark tapings was. Pretty much what I expected. I enjoyed the hell out of it, of course. Um, actually, the whole crowd got really into it again, just because it's the first time being exposed mm-hmm. to this, right? And there were a few people we didn't expect to see, like Ricky Starks got a hell of a reaction. 
Um, honestly, Kazarian got a great reaction. Kip yeah, he's he's, really he's like one of the first people to wrestle on like every single AEW yeah. show I've been to. It's just like like that weird mm-hmm. I don't know, he's got like a weird triple H video where yeah. he's like in the desert hitting shit yeah. with a hammer. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I ate up dark like crazy. Couple fun fun ones. They had some local women that you know I wasn't really familiar with because I'm sure. not I'm not local to there in Canada. But like the crowd ate them up, and Athena had to play the heel twice in a row and kind of switch mid match when she realized just how much she was getting booed. Um, she okay. rolled with it perfect. Like she knocked it out of the park. She kind of started with like, "Hey, I'm." Sorry. I was going to say because like, I haven't seen those yet. Yeah, she kind of like, "I'm sorry, I'm not trying to like be the bad guy." And then eventually, kind of as the match went on, slowly leaned into it more and more. It was like, you know okay. what? Fuck it. You want to boo me? I'm going to knock her ass out. Let's go. And it was, it was well done. I don't mind that. Yeah, I I thought she did a really good job of handling the dynamic because I don't think anybody knew that that was those were going to be the two that were super over. But yeah, there were no, also that's... one of one of the women that wrestled Athena, and then two others whose names I forget again. Once I, ones I'm not familiar with. Um, thing that was really depressing was Anna J might be the worst worker in the company. So I that match with Nyla and these women could wrestle circles around her. Like, it was it was bad. Yeah, we we've talked about it. I um I man, she's regressed really a bad. There was a time where I was like, territory. okay, there's there's something there, there's something there. But dude, this whole Jericho thing is so bad. No, it was it was um, awful. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at least she's getting the reps in. Because that's literally all you can do. So yeah. if you're just exclusively on dark or even matches that don't get like televised, which they don't really do, um, just get her the reps in. And honestly, I would get her as far away from this group as possible yeah. because she is not, she's pretty cringe with all this stuff. And you've already got Tay in the group. So it's like, unless you're doing a women's tag division, like there's no yeah. reason to do any of that. So yeah, I, yeah, um, I, I never thought there would be a day where I was just like, I mean, I'll watch the bunny before I watch Anna J. I'm much better like, worker. Wow, uh, well, Anna J. Uh, yeah, but much, much better. Honestly, I would say better. Really, really bad. Like it was. I mean, Canada does not have an independent wrestling scene. We don't. It's terrible. There's like five promotions that don't. Yeah, suck. you get C four. C four. Yeah, got a couple. Yeah, and so how many reps are these women really getting? And they're still. No, I know, I know. That's, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. 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 Unfortunately, that's where we're at. But. But uh, it was cool to be basically ringside for for Rampage. Obviously, the view was yeah. constructed with people standing, but it's Rampage, so it's a less important show, all things considered. So that was the one to kind of embrace the experience of being ringside and getting that vibe and dynamite was the one to get the good seats where I can actually see everything. So the next Canadian show, if they did a double like that, I would make the, the same ticket decisions go close for rampage and good view yeah. for dynamite. Cause I oh, really dude. don't give a shit if I'm on TV. It's just fun to be ringside and get that vibe. I don't know. It is pretty cool to like watch the oh, show back and popped, be like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I paused the uh, the mocks entrance about thirty times. He came right in front of us. <laughs> See, like, okay, had him on the all back, right, melting everything. It was like, all right, that was sick. <laughs> so, um, 
Okay, so we're recording this directly after Dynamite. The the what was it? Title Tuesday. Title Tuesday. Also, <coughs> uh, sorry guys, I'm chess tournament. <laughs> I'm still recovering from. Uh, it, it's not the thing. I I think I've got a form of like walking pneumonia or something. I can't stop coughing. <clears throat> so anyway, so we just finished Dynamite, and I gotta tell you, I was on board for the majority of it until the. Uh, they do the freaking WWE thing again where they show MJF watching the match. And I'm like, can we please just focus on what we're doing? Because now everyone's just going to be turning around and looking. And sure enough, there's another spot where they go back up there. The lights on him, but he's not there. Where did he go? Oh, he's got this chip he can cash in. And then they focus back on the match. And I'm like, okay, if that's the last they mentioned it, I can do with it. And then Taz is like, well, you know, MJF was up there. I've called it the whole time that he was going to come down and cash in this chip like money in the bank. And I would go on a giant tirade because I don't want this place to be like WWE. I can watch WWE 17 hours a week if I wanted to. And I don't. So. Match ends early. They fake a hangman brain uh, injury, which oh, I'm like, hang on, hang on. No, I, there's I, no way. Let me, uh, there's I, no way. I'm going to share the screen and show you the image I'm looking at. That's putting just a little bit of doubt in my mind. I think the plan was always for the ending to be the way it was, but this is the photo I'm looking at right now. That's kind of making me go and like, I mm. mean, it could go either way, right? You can have that look and be totally fine. We've seen it depends that how much it, it depends yeah. how much weight is on the right arm. Absolutely, right? Like we don't know from this photo, but there is like enough to make you stop and go. Uh oh. Either way, this was how this show was supposed to end. I think it would just mean it happened five minutes earlier than it was supposed to. The plan. Well, was I mean, if if planned. he was if he was actually injured. Man, I don't know. It's the t- it's the timing of everything where it's like they cut the match short, then they preview again what's coming up on Rampage, what's going to come up on Dynamite, and then we're like, oh, uh, we're still kind of not ready. We're kind of missing our cues a little bit. It, it, it the timing of it, I'm very skeptical on Hangman actually and being hurt. So this is where it gets weirder and weirder too. So they like they if he's not hurt, they went full bore with this. We didn't see this on TV, but they brought the stretcher out. And the reason you said on our little chat that the bottom rope is messed is because they loosened it to slide the stretcher under the ring. So they popped like they popped the thing on the ropes to like get him out. And none of that uh None of that made camera, but I'm looking at pictures the fans have taken right now. And yeah, they brought the full stretcher in. I mean, we've seen that spot before elsewhere, right? Well, those, there was a really shitty hell in the cell ending where they did the fake stretcher spot. WWE does that shit all the time. The but, only stretcher spot I can remember that I was really down for that they did was um, Rey Mysterio was being stretchered and then no more BS Paul White shows up and picks up the stretcher and just like bangs him on the ring post and then drops him face first. One of my favorite things that that company's ever done. But anyway, 
so the the reason I bring that up is because <clears throat> ah, well, we'll get we'll get to it. Never mind. We can we can keep moving forward. So um MJF, of course, his music hits, he comes down, full on goes like he's going to cash in. I am like seeing red at this point because I'm <laughs> like, I off. don't I don't like this. Like it's one thing if we do this once, but even doing it once, I'm just like, you're you're just ripping off WWE. He's like, no, I I want to beat you, you know, at your best. I don't want to do this, which I get. But like, why would you end the match 10 minutes early at that point? Uh, you could have done that in five. I, I believe I just said that. I, that sounds very I know, familiar. I, I, I kind of feel like I've had this conversation. <laughs> I mean, so that, yeah, they easily could have done this in they could have done this in three minutes the way they go sometimes like. Uh. Five was right. Yeah, but then you have Excalibur like having a stroke. Like, and then, 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 then what, next Wednesday we're going to have. I mean, I think so, Tony I'm... Khan just assumes the rest of his staff is on the same amount of coke he is and they can all work that fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this week in, Jake watches on fight from where am I this week? The Docklands in the UK. Um, during the TV timeout, uh, I could hear Tony Khan giving backstage directions <laughs> and the entire time. He's like, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like the same vibe that he yeah. would whenever he comes out, which by the way, I'm guessing you got to see him live twice. Yeah. Very brief appearances, both times. Uh, Let's go. He got booed pretty hard. The first night he got booed. People wanted Kenny, but he, he got booed. And the, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about yeah, it. I don't think they, the people are getting Kenny for a minute. No, but the thing that did piss me off a little bit is like we all knew Kenny and the Bucks weren't there, but they still sold these like Canadian the merch, yeah, the elite shirts that were just for the Canada show. I mean, <laughs> bought them, so I guess people were happy with it. But I was like, man, that's kind of tacky. Like, we know we don't get them here. We already had to suffer through the elite music to have Brandon freaking Cutler walk out. Like, and the fact that pro wrestling tees is like print to order. Exactly, right? And I don't think that they've had these shirts printed since All Out. And even if they do, you know how much those shirts cost to print? $2. That's it. Literally $2 so, t-shirts. Um, what else from Dynamite did you like? Uh, that MJF promo was kind of an all-timer. Um, Oh my god! I, I am losing track of how many all-time promos MJF mm. has had. It's like every time he comes out, like yeah. he's he is going to be considered the greatest promo of all time oh, by the age of thirty. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's just no one's going to have the sheer amount of volume that this dude has. It's wild. When we saw the match card come, I was like, "All right, four match card. Guess Hangman and Mox is going to be forty-five. And then we found out the fifth match was actually the MJF promo. Like, that was a full match. PW Torch confirmed that Hangman is legitimately injured and the match stoppage was not planned. So. I mean, breaking news. You heard it here first. I found the photo. Um, yeah. It's not great. No. It's not great. Well, uh, our conversation about Hanger is going to uh, be drastically different again at the end of this episode. So uh, we'll do it live. Um, 
I'll go ahead and say this now, since we're not really going to be talking about it for the rest of the show. Chris Jericho's Ring of Honor champion is so much better than I imagined. Oh, because um, much I, I I put myself in the boat, same boat as a lot of people. I was totally blindsided by him winning the title. So good on him. Good on like, that's great booking. Good on Tony Khan. And the fact that it's actually like really, really good. And he's having weekly title defenses. I know that Will Ospreay has like wrestler of the year lockdown just from like a sheer, like number of top, (laughs) like tier matches. Right. Like he's had, I I think it was something like 20 matches that I've gone like at minimum four stars on. Um, he's, he's amazing. And then we had that conversation, um, about, you know, Moxley being MVP wrestler of the year, whatever Jericho's in the conversation for wrestler of the year. Like he, if you look at just match by match, yes, it's not like he's, he's not throwing out as many five star four and a half matches as will Ospreay, but it's like, it, it's consistent. And it's doing so in a way where it's basically like elevating the entire AEW product, which is an incredibly hard thing to do. Will Ospreay stuff, it's kind of all over the place. You know, he's in RevPro, New Japan, basically everywhere but WWE. I think Jericho belongs in the rest of the year conversation, especially because he had a banger with Dalton Castle, which is awesome to see Dalton Castle not hurt. It was fun. Man, I'm so glad that that dude's not hurt. Or if he is, he put on an amazing yeah. performance and needs to be like really talked about. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that 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 was my high point of the show is just watching Jericho. I'm just like, could you imagine what this place would be like without him? Like from the start, because we're we're getting a glimpse of what AEW is like without the elite, who is or is the group that got us here. But I don't think Jericho gets enough credit just for the sheer amount of work and his back's got to be hurting from Kerry and his company. And he just signed the three-year extension yep. and he's going to be doing more stuff backstage than he already is. I think the future is really bright. And I think whenever we start really talking about wrestler of the year at the end of the year, we've got to do a section on Chris Jericho. He's it's phenomenal, phenomenal 2022. And not just because we met face to face. Um, ba, ba, ba. anything else you want to touch on dynamite before we move on? So thinking about the Chris Jericho ring of honor thing and wondering who's going to be the person to beat him at in the end, who's going to be the person to beat him in the end. I mean, I'll let you finish your thought, but so I, the long-term arc I'm seeing here, cause Willie Regal touched on it already tonight with MJF putting his hands on Shivani. MJF ain't the only one crossing the line putting his hands on people you don't put your hands on. Bobby Cruz went after Rick Abani tonight. Knocked out Jerry Lynn. Danielson's very gently. To, very incredibly gently. That was a ginger tombs, gingerly tombstone. Um, there's an argument that Danielson goes full circle and becomes the one to take him down and restore Ring of Honor, but I think Garcia would be the better choice long term. I think Garcia is the choice and he's going to be doing it in December at final battle. Um, and then we, you know, we're not talking about ring of honor TV. We'll probably touch on that more yeah. next week. Um, I mean, shit, we've talked so much about 
the future of ring of honor that, that might as well be the name of our podcast <laughs> um i i think we move into tv in 2023 with daniel garcia as double champion or he unifies those titles again is you know he brings the purity back to the roh title like it 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 really does write itself um that would make sense that, for the first tv show to have jericho danielson as your main event rather than yeah. final battle Mm. The whole reason Jericho has it is to help launch the TV show, right? That's why we did this. So, why not have that be your big opening story? Let's save that for next week, <laughs> because I know for a fact we can we can talk so much about like hypothetically what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a great Dynamite episode. Uh, I. I'm a real fan of the way, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, privately. I really like Tony Khan's booking right now. The fact that we're seeing more rematches than normal. Um, you know, there used to be a time where it was just like, you know, you kind of just get this guy versus this guy. And it's the one time you're going to see it, which is cool. But like, if it doesn't deliver, it's like, man, I know that these individuals have like something better there. We just got to wait to see it. Um, and I mean, what? We've had three Jericho Danielson matches so far. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, cool. Just let me have awesome wrestling every week. And I'm cool with the rematches. I don't want to go 50-50 the way that, you know, WWE does. But let, let, let's keep this going. I'm a big fan. It's, it definitely makes Dynamite a lot more fun. But uh, I'll tell you someone who's not having fun. That's uh, Davey Meltzer. <laughs> You want to fill us in on his uh, frustrated non-update on Brawl Out? Yeah, so this all stemmed... Um, the reason Meltzer even went on this rant is the... Uh, Ariel Hawani interview that I, I could even, do 20 minutes on right now? Yeah, I don't even have a name to describe how I feel about Ariel as a human being, but I already think I've wasted too much breath talking about him. So suffice to say, that interview is what led to Meltzer's rant and that's as much service as I'm going to do to Ariel and as much as I'm ever willing to talk about him because I have no respect for him but uh, Meltzer goes off on a rant saying the one thing that Meltzer was sympathetic for is that there has been radio silence all around on the punk Kenny Buck situation mm -hmm. and the big part of the frustration with the radio silence is a refusal to even say something like things are still being looked at, or I can't publicly comment, like, I'll let you know when I can. It's more just straight up, I'm not willing to talk about this. We have right. still no explanation um, for anyone who would, like, the hypothetical person that just watches TV who doesn't really exist, but those people still don't understand why any of those titles were vacated. It's never been addressed beyond I was forced to vacate the titles, and that is as close as we've ever got to any sort of a public explanation. Um, everybody knows Punk had surgery and tore his tricep. There's been a, one picture leaked of him with the same brace on the Jericho hat on his arm. Yep. Um, we've seen photos of Kenny with the bite mark on his freaking arm. Like, it was super yep. visible. Um, there's been absolutely no comment from Tony about anything, no updates. Meltzer can't and just saying like even the guys don't even know what's going on like 
Kenny and the Bucks haven't heard from Tony for weeks on end. Whatever's going on, it's hit a level of silence that he's basically saying any other sport, you cannot have this level, this lack of transparency to not even say we're waiting on results of a legal investigation because that might be all you can say, but he won't even say that. And Davey is uh, very unimpressed with the level of communication and trying to get anything out of Tony these days. Well, the reason Tony Khan can do this is because there are no wrestling journalists. Like you, I, we've seen the press conferences. There's literally children asking questions. There's uh, people who look like adults that act like they ask questions like they're children. Dave Meltzer is the only person so far who's just been like, uh, I don't really know. And Ariel Hawani, to his credit, yes, asked, asked a hard question, but he did it in such an idiotic way where he was just hammering the point home and he just knows he's not going to get an answer. And he started that interview like very combative. And the entire time he was like, well, I don't know if you're really going to give me anything since I'm such a WWE shill. Anyway, enough about that, dude. But Dave's, to his credit, he's being a journalist here and saying, like, this isn't okay. And I think more people need to call out Tony Khan on that. But by the same token, if I'm Tony Khan, I don't give a shit. Who's going to ask me these questions? Denise Salcedo? <laughs> oh, I saw Sean Ross Sapp in Toronto. Why did he go to Toronto? It's literally in his backyard in Cincinnati the next week. I don't know, but, but he was there. <laughs> but, like, do you see what I mean? Like, that, that little kid yeah. isn't going to ask, like, hey, Tony, where are the elite? No, their interviews with Tony are like aerials with Triple H, where you throw softball questions for the answer you want. Man, I'm giving him too much attention. i got to move on. Remember, I remember when you and DX said suck it all the time? That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's there there aren't it's like what like let's name the wrestling journalists. I mean besides us obviously. There's Dave. There's Wade. Sean Ross Sapp to a certain extent. But he's more about like breaking news yeah, than he is like getting so much a journalist as much as he is like an inside TMZ. guy. Yeah, he's he's like the guys who scoops I get from the forums who know someone on the inside. That's it. I mean, like we're we're deep internet, so we know like people who write columns and stuff for like on forums and things like that. That's about it, dude. Like yeah. there 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 are no people out there. Like Sports Illustrated isn't covering this like a real sport. No. So like, yeah, by, by both sides of the coin, it's just like, if we're really going to be taking this stuff seriously, then yeah, we need to be asking tougher questions, but by the same side, like, why would I need to share any information whenever all of you are just like asking me for YouTube videos for all my stuff and you just want the clicks, no one's putting the work in. And unfortunately, Dave is the only one who's probably going to dip his toe in and challenge Tony on this. So we'll see, but I doubt anything's going to happen from this. No, I don't think it's going to lead to any more information. 
and I still think we are a long way away from any sort of resolution or appearance. I... The feeling that I have is that we're not going to see anyone until their contracts expire and they go somewhere else. It's entirely possible. I think I think that one person in particular is so fucking spiteful that yes, they will hold this grudge and run it into the ground and ruin everything for everybody. So this is this is what happens when you bring CM Punk into your promotion and give him all the power because he is an employee. He's not an independent contractor. He's not just a wrestler. He's invested. An he's he's an employee. employee. Like um, he owns a stake in the company. Now, theoretically, I mean beyond a steel, like out of the actual wrestlers involved. Right. Unless they extend for injury, Kenny expires before anybody else. His expire would expire February first of next year. That's which by the way, out. you're not you're not getting Kenny Omega Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. No. Literally, it's not gonna happen, nope. which is insane, mm-hmm. absolutely mean, insane. He couldn't even send Conan a video for AAA, a video, nothing. But yeah, he expires February 1st, 2023. Whether or not it gets extended for injury time, I don't know how that's worded in his again being an employee contract, or he could just work backstage like that. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, I don't even know if. He could have his extended, depending on how this is worded, because it's a different type of contract. He's an employee, not not a contractor. So that might be him, and then the Bucks would be the end of twenty twenty three. I think basically. I think it's I think it's twenty twenty four. But it, it's a long time, and I mean, Punks is longer than that. Even. But then, like, where do, where do they like them in WWE is terrible, I, absolutely terrible. If you're Tony Khan, you can't let them go. How do you keep them if that's what I'm saying? So it's like Japan. I mean, I'm sure New Japan would take him back and pay him a lot of money, oh, but not not as not much s- money as they're making now. No, not as much money as they get from Hunter. You look at the Indies. Who's going to be paying them that much? Like, yeah, no. Uh, CM Punk gift wrapped the Elite to WWE, <laughs> and it pisses me off. It it it's deeply upsetting. Um, or they could just like wait this out. And they just take three years to recover and let let their bodies rest and then come back and win the trios titles in 2025. But yeah, I don't think we're getting anything anytime soon from them. And it's a bummer because they continue to advertise them. (laughs) And like they're on like punks on the cover of the video game. The elite are like their merch so, is always out uh, there. Like I'm constantly getting bummed everybody out. wrestling teams. Like, let's, hey, uh, let's do some lister questions. This will pick up the vibe. <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> it's just all this makes me. So first question. Are you worried about AEW? Uh, uh, so um, I, I would say not really. Yeah, I'm not. Sean Spears is back. So we're we're good. Man, he's over in Canada. That was fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be getting that reaction anywhere else. No, but the kingdom got the same reaction they get everybody else, wherever 
anywhere else. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about them. Don't 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 worry as about silent that. As you thought it was on TV, it was worse in person. But uh, um, no, I'm I'm not worried at all. I'm I'm worried about the AEW that I fell in love with because yes. it it's not the same without the elite. They are completely irreplaceable. So for myself, I'm worried. But at the company as a whole, not by a long shot. No. We never got the elite versus uh, the inner circle as far as like a big blood and guts payoff. And that's just like, a, how did we not do that? I think we're going to be heading towards something like the elite versus Blackpool Combat Club never happening. And we're going to be like, how, how did you mess that up? Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of how I want to answer this. Like I said, all of the elite stuff, I just want this. I just want this to be wrapped up so I can have everybody back. And if punk never shows back up, I think everyone's going to be fine, but I can't imagine this place without the elite. That's just a bummer. And I would, I did make a note. Don't listen to doomsayers this week after the dynamite rating drops, because oh, they yeah. went up against the MLB playoffs Literally, and opening yeah. night of the NBA. Like no chance. You've got no chance in hell. Cue the music. It's, it was not an indication brutal. on show quality. Um, there was there was one thing I wanted to mention as far as the business side goes. Um, the day that I was working on this uh, on show notes, Kathleen Finch, who's Discovery's chief content officer and the U.S. Network's group chair, stated in the Hollywood Reporter, I, I guess it would be last Wednesday that they're extremely happy with AEW and are working with them for additional quote, non ring quote content. So, uh, sorry, ROH, you're, uh, you're on the back burner. What I'm, what um, I'm hearing is they're starting filming. <coughs> I think right after full gear or yep. something. And yeah, no clue how many wrestlers are going to be in it. Sounds like the focus is going to be primarily on couples. Yeah, it's going to be like day in the life of yeah. just kind of like the travel vlogs and stuff like that. So, God, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll Fox be good. Renee would be early candidates if they had any desire to do it. I mean, if if you're ever going to have Jungle Boy be relatable, him and Anna <laughs> J, I mean, Are they even still together? I have no idea. <laughs> I would assume so. That'd be a funnier episode. I'd watch that. <laughs> um. I don't know. I also think like a total divas women show would work well too. Like, oh, there's, it, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. Rumor has I mean, Brit, somebody who was a big part of it. Yeah, <laughs> Brit Adam Cole. Yeah, that like, one. There's works. there's couples in here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like big picture, am I worried about AEW? I'm not. They're they're going to be getting a bag from Discovery Warner. It's going to be fine. They'll be okay. It's just like you said. This is uh, <laughs> right, right, and I hate to be gatekeepy about that, but it's I'm just like, dude, I I want my elite, you know. That's why we followed this company from the get go. We followed them here. That's how it went. I don't know. I thought I was getting a Chinese cruiserweight division, so oh. I'm still waiting on that. Next question: What's next for Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green? Um, obscurity. Uh, I was gonna say WWE, but same difference. Okay, listen. 
them going to WWE would be a huge deal in the same way that Brandy is going to come out and be a wrestler and everyone's going to lose their fucking minds. And then they're going to be pretending that Brandy has been a great wrestler for all these years. I cannot (laughs) wait to see these mouth breathers contort themselves. Just be like, oh, Brandy's the best. Give her the women's championship. Dude. So, yeah, same thing applies. Like, (laughs) I actually put this down. Here's a direct quote from Matt Cardona. I'm not trying to get back to WWE, but I'd be lying if I said I never wanted to have a WrestleMania moment eh, again, or I wanted to wrestle at Madison Square Garden. If Triple H called me right now, of course I'd pick up. Like, like what? Road dog. <laughs> but like, what else is there for him to do? Like, he's reached the pinnacle of whatever he can do on the independence. He's not going to do anything in AEW. Like, I, I wouldn't even have been there once, dude. I wouldn't even give him the TNT title. Like, his ceiling is significantly lower than that. I'd Impact? rehire Marco Stunt first. <laughs> Dude, I actually would. I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, I would. <laughs> Could you imagine Marco Stunt coming back with, like, a goth gimmick to tag with Luchasaurus? Just saying. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what? Impact champion. Cool. He wins the GCW title again. Like, whatever. Old Smashing Pumpkin Jones books him to win the NWA title. Like, he doesn't sell tickets. No. Like, he doesn't. Like, and there's a difference between like 80 people in Detroit showing up to boo him at GCW. And there's a difference between like, like how many pay per view buys realistically for AEW or WWE would Matt Cardona or Zack Ryder pull in? No way. No way. I mean, I honestly, I think he would come back. Like, if he came back at the Royal Rumble, people would lose their minds. They'd be woo woo wooing oh, all yeah, over the, the place. And honestly, like his ceiling there, could I see Zack Ryder as WWE champion? I guess. Like, I think fans would eat it up because they're like, "Oh, he went back and proved himself, and now he's back where he belongs." Like. I don't know. He's a mid-card dude whose ceiling is probably mid-card titles. I just... What's the adage? You can't... You can't take the WWE out of the superstar, but you can take the superstar out of WWE. He's just a WWE product. Like, that's all he is. And as far as Chelsea Green, like, I don't know. I don't know about you. You're the women's wrestling guy. I don't see anything in her as far as being like a must grab talent. She's just been like, Oh, she's a free agent. Uh, I've, I've got to sign her and put her in my women's division. Why? What has she ever proven anywhere? I don't know. I'm just giving her the benefit of the doubt. You're the one who's supposed to say that she's good. But I watch too much women's wrestling to say that. And then here we are, and we both agree she's <laughs> yeah, not that's, great. That's the problem. I watch too much of it. I know she's not good. I don't know. She can be NXT eye candy for the 50 pluses. I, I mean, I, that's I don't know. what she is. She's a valet. Yeah. That's what you're bringing in. You're not bringing in a wrestler. I don't know. You could probably do Matt Cardona and Brian Myers and 
WWE. I can't even remember Brian Myers' name. I don't actually remember it either. Like, oh, <laughs> old Pat. Um, I'm actually interested to get your opinion on this one. Uh, listener asks, what's the worst thing about modern wrestling? Some might say indie guys like Blake Christian. Uh, but uh, what what's the real answer? This is where, like, I have my answer, and it almost feels like a farce because it's not a new issue. And in a, a canned episode never to be aired where I went on a monologue for about an hour by myself, I did touch on this at the end, and it it's like, it's my answer, but it's also not my answer. So I want to think after while well, you're talking about sure. a backup answer, but it's it's the toxicity and gatekeeping within within the fandom of it where there's too much of a, a try to be cool factor on the fan side where you almost feel like your own self-worth is somehow connected to the the type of wrestling that you like and sure. anything that doesn't fit that mold isn't acceptable valid. to like or yeah. valid or anything like that. And the reason I say this is kind of a cop answer is what triggered it. What started it was the asshats behind me at Dynamite who I tried to ignore and like they didn't ruin the experience by any stretch, but the one's laugh was literally so annoying you could not ignore it. Not, not his fault, it's just the way he laughed. He was also kind of a piece of shit, so I don't feel bad about it, but like his laugh was just, you couldn't not hear it. Like one of those types of laughs where you can't tune it out. So I had to hear everything they were saying, and it, it reminded me of it because it was just like, oh man, I don't crush the good wrestlers. And then they tried to tell me Britt Baker was one of the best workers in the women's division. So, you know, let's do on Well, that. I mean, <laughs> she is though. <laughs> But that's like a damning state on your women's roster. You're, you're going to tell me the four the four person match that had Jamie Hader, um, Hikaru Shida, and Tony Storm that Britt Baker's the better worker. I didn't say that. That's what they were saying. Oh well, that's a little <laughs> bit different than saying she's one of the best women in the division. No, no, it was her and her and uh, Shida were in the ring, and they're like, those are the best two workers in the division. While, well, to be fair, they also don't know haters' upside. No, and Tony Storm is decent in AEW, but she's not like she's, she's not as amazing as she was. She's grown on me a lot since she came. I didn't like. Her. No, for sure. I mean, her title run has been really great. Her match tonight against Sheeta was really good. Fantastic, but uh, yeah, they were kind of just whining the whole show about things and. No, I, I get what that, you're saying. That though. triggered the thought. And then I found this thread on Reddit where someone linked to a bunch of old emails. And, like, this is how you know it's from the Wayback Machine because there weren't forums yet. It was only email communication for the internet. Jeez. Um, and it was, like, back from WrestleMania 6, WrestleMania 7. And, man, I read the arguments and it was like, this is the same shit I'm reading about 30 years later. Just the moves have changed. Oh, that main event sucked. They botched the drop down on the fucking Irish whip there. And if Big but, John Studd doesn't win, I'll kill myself on live TV. I mean, it was that level of like, and it's just, man, 
some things haven't changed. Oh, man, there was great because they copied everything WCW did. I mean, probably true, but... (laughs) But, like, it was just... It was the same comments. It's like, man, it's been 30 years, and we still... Like, I like talking about all the stuff. It's fun to talk about what you like and don't like and all that stuff, but getting so bent out of shape out of it that it's, like, ruining your life is depressing. So here's... Here's where I'm at with that, because I've actually been like, I was borderline harassed online. Um, the new Halloween movie came out. Halloween ends. Oh, God, this is going and, nowhere good. And I went to go see it with my brother. We love horror movies. We love just movies. Yeah. So we went down and he looked over at me like halfway through the movies like and because we both knew the discourse going into this was like, oh, man. You guys, hold on. This is one of the worst movies you'll ever see. He looked over me. He's like, this is really good, right? And I'm like, yeah, this movie's awesome. And then the movie ends. And afterwards, we're like, that was so cool. That's like, it it makes me look at this like new trilogy of Halloween movies. I'm like, dang. This entire trilogy wasn't about Michael and Laurie. It's about the town of Haddonfield. Like, this is, this is great. Oh, man, aren't movies so much fun? Like, dude, this is great. Literally, the people behind us were like, no, that movie was bullshit. You're wrong. I'm like, this is a physical manifestation of the comments section. And then sure enough, like, I was talking to some friends online, and I had to block and report someone on Twitter because they came after me. And I'm like, I, it's a movie. Like, what are you? If you don't like it, that's one thing, but it's like to go out and then personally attack people. It's fucking weird, man. Um, and yeah, we see it all too much during wrestling. I mean, there's a reason why we shut down the bingo hall boys, Twitter account. Like we just don't <laughs> post on it anymore. And I, I, wrestling discourse is terrible because honestly, I think the majority of people that watch wrestling are fucking stupid. Like it's lowest common denominator. It's all the stuff that like people say about wrestling fans. Largely it's true and we're the exception. (laughs) Like truth be told, like we can articulate the things that we like, the things that we enjoy and the stuff that's not for us. We're just like, "Ah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't watch it. I don't need it. I want to enjoy the stuff I enjoy. I think you're totally right. I was going to talk about (laughs) like just the variety show gimmick that like every promotion seems to do where they're like oh now we've got to fit in uh, a death match now now we've got to fit in an intergender match now we've got to fit in uh, just a, just do the stuff that you want to do book this like everyone's too worried about gaining online brownie points especially as far as bookers go and I'm not just saying this because <laughs> we're on the AEW payroll but I honestly think Tony Khan's a great booker because he just books what he wants to book. And when people don't like it, he's basically like, I can't think of a time where he's pivoted out of something that people didn't like. It's basically like if something doesn't work. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I think people need thick skin and I guess I must need to be a billionaire before I can have it. So, but yeah, modern wrestling sucks. (laughs) I think we just need to go back and start watching like old NWA and stuff. Uh, just do Mid South and I feel ECW. Like, I feel like I've plugged it on this, this show before, 
uh, Chicago Film Archives. You can go all yeah. the way back. Yeah. Thez, Vringagne. I, I make it a habit to watch one match off that channel every week. And it's fun to go back to that time. The commentary is something else. I would we're imagine. Going, we're going before the days of this is a happening. Like, it is old school commentary. It is something to behold. Next question. Thoughts on Wyatt and the Good Brothers returning to WWE? So, uh, Bray Wyatt returned. Really quick, before we get into this, I'm going to let you uh, give your answer, but I got to go on a quick tirade. All of these fucking idiots who are just like, who is Bandito? Why does he get a title match? I don't understand. The common person don't know these people. Meanwhile, like a fucking QR code is at the bottom of the screen. And they're like, oh, okay, guys, we got to put our heads together. Who could this possibly be? Oh, it's Bray Wyatt. Because on this day, he wore this costume and it matches this book. I never, ever, ever want to hear any of those motherfuckers talk about the common fan whenever we're doing all this fiend bullshit Mm-mm. nope nope you guys okay, lost that we argument. had common fan you're talking about wwe can you do that again but then tie it into the shitty dusty rose theme song he's just a common fan yes okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me weird out this on the spot <laughs> But I, I can't I can't handle it. I literally can't <laughs> handle it. Like all these people are losing their minds, and it just seems like the average person was like, eh, it's probably Bray Wyatt. I don't know. Of course it would be Bray. Who the fuck Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> so yeah, what do you think about all this cool stuff? Um, I think the Bray Wyatt return is gonna go like every other one where he gets a huge pop, it's super over, and then he steps in the ring and you remember he actually sucks at wrestling. Because that's always been the problem. People get into the gimmicks, and then the lights turn on, the match starts, and it's the same match every single time. And people are going to love the cinematic stuff, too. Buckle up. Mm-hmm. Buckle up. He's bringing that back. Oh, absolutely. Probably that's all he can so. do. Yep. Yeah, because I don't think he spent time getting better in the ring. I really don't. Negative. Jeez. Um, the Good Brothers cracks me up. It just makes me laugh. Like, oh, no other it's just the receipts. Like, it's the receipts on the yeah. tweets where they're just like, we're yeah. never going back there. Fuck Saudi Arabia. Fuck WWE. Yeah. <laughs> I it's mean, so good. We've known it for years. Luke Gallows may be the biggest single carny in the car. Oh, business. yes. <laughs> Carl He's just, the world's largest, literally no. the world's largest <laughs> yeah. carny. Poor Carl just goes along with whatever. Meanwhile, his wife airs all their dirty laundry on Twitter every time he cheats on her. Those two are fucked up. Yeah, but they have all I do is they have that like crazy couple angry sex that like I'm I'm sure is. I mean, that's why they have so many kids, right? They have Uh, like twenty kids. (laughs) There's got to be a pattern. We could probably trace it back nine months from each Twitter argument. I think it's funny because they call him Machine Gun, but Bray Wyatt's the one that gives off the public shooter vibes. <laughs> like he he needs to be fucking school shooter Jones over here. Um, yeah, I just I hate Bray Wyatt and I hate the Good Brothers. 
So it's just hard to watch them anymore. Yeah, I know. I wish. I wish. That's great. I wish they. I wish Triple H signed Taven Bennett and Maria too, so I wouldn't have to watch them. (laughs) So help me, so help me, if Tony outbid for them, I, I will go on a tirade. Like Taven and Bennett, cool. Are they just going to be an ROH tag team? Because that's fine. Like I'm, yes, they are. When I think of them, I think Ring of Honor, Impact. That's where they're at. So help me if I'm getting Taven and Bennett on FT or versus FTR on Dynamite. I I will go crazy. I can't do it, dude. It was give all those average wrestlers a Triple H. He loves them. Carrying Cross, like <laughs> who were the 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 rapping people? The the hip hop crew that he they tried to oh, stick Swerve in Swerve's group yeah Hit Row Hit Row yeah, yeah like, bring them back on Death Row dude he loves average as fuck wrestlers <laughs> can you wrestle a two star match come on in it's gonna be great dude anything else you want to touch on before we move on to our last question which um, is now kind of a bummer. Yeah, I think I'm good to keep going. I don't have anything else to say on on those people. All hangman. Um, why don't you set up the question? I'm gonna I'm gonna do some Twitter research real quick. So, things have changed in the landscape of WWE. We no longer have Vince. We now have Triple H in charge. The question, are we sure Cody's going to be a big deal? Okay. I'm going to say yes. In as much as he needs to be the one, if he's going to be a big deal, he has to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. Um, Otherwise, he's probably just going to be like United States champion and everyone's just going to say that he's a star, but he's not really a star. In the same way that, like, you know, um, trying to think of a random WWE roster person. The way that they use Akira Tozawa, he is a WWE superstar. I couldn't tell you the last time that they used him. So yeah, I don't know. I I if he's going to be a big deal, like they they pay him like one. Presentation says yes, but he's also been in like he's been there injured longer than he's been there uninjured. So we just we just don't know. What do you think? I I think the only variable is how Triple H actually feels about him. I don't know how they feel about each other, but beyond that, I think it's still like the story still writes itself. Come back when the rumble go on for the big WrestleMania moment. Like it's, there's an opportunity there to get rid of those shitty ass looking belts and bring in an old one that looks better. But yeah, I, I can't see them doing anything overly terrible and not trying to make him a big deal. Although the other factor that plays in now is he may not be the only 
big name jumping ship, and then he becomes less important. The whole idea was Cody's the first one to go over, so you got to do right by him so the other guys want to go over later. Kenny and the Bucks are out. Suddenly, Cody doesn't matter as much. If you do right by those guys, then you do well with others and people go over. So his, his own stock may also drain as a result of CM Punk's shenanigans, but that's I, I don't think know. he'll be a big deal, and I don't think there's any reason to sound any alarm bells. I think he's going to be a big one. So I think it goes back to our original conversation about all of this, is that Cody has to be a big deal. If WWE wants to be serious and poach people from AEW, they have to be able... Like, if you can't take their vice president and turn them into your biggest star... What hope does Ricky Starks have in your company to be a transcendent star? You know, like there's, there would be no faith in doing that. So, yeah, I, I would assume that Cody Rhodes is going to be a big deal, but again, like I, in a weird way, I'm even less sure about triple H's booking than I was Vince's booking because Vince had a track record of who he liked, what he liked, we have no idea what Triple H as far really as like don't. what this main roster is going to look like. Like I, we're still in honestly, the debut stage. I don't think he knows. In any dude, I'm so sick of hearing about how WWE is better now. Like how absolutely better it is. Like it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Exactly the same. So yeah, I I, I have no feel on what Triple H's WWE is. I just don't. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I hate to end it like that, but I'm just like, I I don't know. Cody's Cody, you know, like it, it is refreshing. Could you imagine Cody hanging in this version of AEW where like match quality is like paramount? Because I can't. He would have to like go out there and like break his back. Because he's a solid wrestler, but there's no way that he could go out there. Like, imagine if he's doing the Ring of Honor gimmick instead of Jericho. People would be, oh, booing him so bad. So we'll see. Because honestly, with WWE fans, they'll cheer whoever you want them to. So just put him behind Cody. They'll they'll cheer him. They'll love him. He's the new John Cena. But he's got a neck tattoo. So cool. Anything else you want to touch on before we scoot? Uh, any any more updates on Hangman or is it all just a typical? Um, whenever MJF is sending out prayer hands saying praying for M or for uh Hangman, uh I think that means we need to skip our Hangman question. Um I don't know. I watched that clip and I don't see how that would cause a major injury but i i don't know apparently it's legit so I mean, um wild things can happen yeah so it feels weird to just be like well that's the show but it but so um yeah we'll kind of just uh pour one out for the hangman kind of moment of silence to leave and we'll go out on that note it's it's a bummer but that's where we're at so until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. And this is the Bingo Hall Boys podcast. Hang in there, buddy.